Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. Joining me in episode four of Can't Find My Way Home was Brian Aylward. Yes, Brian, we pronounced your name right. Uh, Brian's a professional stand-up comedian and he's been in the business for 15 years or so. In the next 45 minutes, we get into how he started in the business how his journey's taken him from South Korea back to his homeland of Canada and now into his current base of Bangkok. We also get into his forthcoming special, which was filmed in Mongolia, of all places. So there are some great stories there. And we go a little more in-depth into what it's like to die on stage as a comedian, and I can only imagine what that place is like. We also get a little bit into some of the locations and there's some fantastic countries Brian Brown's played in. It's uh, 21 countries or so, I think. We get into what it's like to play at the top of the world. We're also briefly interrupted by an internet disruption and an Amazon delivery guy at my front door. You couldn't really make this up. Without further ado, though, here's Brian Hillwood. All right, Brian, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I guess for a lot of people out there listening, I know there are more than one, right? Because my mum's one and then your mum must be two. So, right, that's at least yeah. two of us. And the dog's yeah. here, so that's three, you know? So uh, a lot of people out there are, are curious, you know, how did you get into the business? How did you get into the stand-up comedy business? Uh, well, actually, um, back in the old Korea days, man, um, November 11th, 2005, uh, started on a dare at uh Roxins bar you ever play that bar i did a little more i did a little more than play there i had my wedding reception there did you i did yeah <laughs> in, two, in 2002 uh, yeah man um yeah the friday night open mics they used to have down there and um mostly music right and just jumped up and um got over the fear and then a couple of months later moved to toronto i was already 31 so i felt kind of old and just kept going, and now this is fifteen years later, and it's what I do. You think it's the you think it's the old adage about not not you know you fall off the horse and you just get back on it again. Yeah, man, it's it's like uh, you know what it's like. Like half the battle is not quitting. You know, exactly. you just keep doing it, and um, there's no substitute for stage time. And I just you know I hit as many stages as I can, and um, somehow I got decent at this. <laughs> yeah, stranger things have happened and all that, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the teachers look back and say, "Yeah, that guy. Remember him?" Yeah, totally, man. <laughs> I remember that guy screaming at us, thinking he was fucking Bill Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember him. Yeah. And how did you end up in Thailand? So you originally we both met in South Korea, and yeah, we got paths crossed there doing yeah. Yeah open mics i remember one night seeing you up in stompers uh of course at the top of hooker hill and i think yeah. we, were, we were maybe part of the house band that night it was an open mic night you know and you just went up there for because oh. it's, it's all like dodgy muso type saying you just gonna walk up and you go yeah i'm gonna just do stand up for 10 15 minutes and it was horrible it takes some, it takes some balls to do that man so yeah it was so, it was so horrible i remember you guys man i remember you're drumming you're such a good drummer you after midnight, my dumb ass going up and trying to talk. It was 
absolutely horrible. <laughs> when you have this, uh, well, you, it's different when you're a band, especially your drummer. You right. just get to hang out at the back and do your thing. But with, with your, you know, chosen path, you're you're right up front and center. Eh? Mm. And once you go, well, over, I, I like I like attention more than you do. Oh, maybe so. <laughs> yeah. I get to play louder than you, though. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> and. Um, from South Korea back to Toronto for a while, and were you in Canada for? Yeah, actually, I only went back to Toronto. That was 2007. I started comedy 2000 and no 2006, sorry. Um, in the beginning, 2006, I went back for about a year, and uh, then came back to Korea actually for a few more years, and that's uh, when I started Stand Up Soul, and just thought there had to be more people like me, right? So we got Stand Up Soul started and kind of started the stand up English stand up comedy scene in Korea. Did that for a few years, and in 2010, moved back to Canada, uh, well, I guess semi-permanently. Moved back to Halifax. Yeah, from the frying pan to the fire, eh? Yeah, man. And <laughs> then uh, I've been full-time ever since. That's 2010. I live in uh, Thailand now. I'm living in Bangkok the past four years. Uh, my wife teaches here at international school. So uh, the Canadian connection again, man, just by fluke. I mean, just like what happened with the stand-up. I went to Rocky Mountain Tavern, you know, the Canadian bar in Ituan. No, it was. Asked them to start the stand-up soul night. They did that. Kind of something different but similar, I guess. Same, same, but different, as they say. <laughs> uh, I was at, at the end of an Asian tour, and my wife and I were in Bangkok at a show, at, at my show. A bunch of people were there from the Canadian Embassy and uh, some international schools and got to chatting, and they offered my wife a job. And, you know, we went back to Canada, but we were thinking, hey, let's go live in Thailand. You know, and um, she kind of, you know... Ended her job in Canada, and she was teaching back home, and we moved to Thailand four years ago. Excellent. And yeah, no, man, it's pretty good. No plans to to move on? Well, I guess maybe you never say never in in any kind of line of work, but you you're settled there, yeah. Yeah, pretty settled. I mean, never say never, but we're we're um we could be open to move somewhere after next year. We're going to be here one more year, and then uh, my wife Holly's going to take a year off, and I got a world tour planned. She's going to come around with me on that. And she's going to explore her options. And, uh, yeah, we could end up somewhere else. But we do love Bangkok. But if something else tickles our fancy, we might do that. Uh, my, my wife might look to be going online, become, uh, you know, one of these digital nomad types, which would be kind of great and flexible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's been 15 years into teaching now. And uh, she's looking to take a little break and explore her options. So, um, yeah, next year we'll see. Cool. And, then of course, Bangkok's a great kind of geographical hub, yeah? You, it's really great for air connections, to, particularly for you, right? If you've, How many Asian countries are you up to? That you've 21. performed in? 21. 21. So, yeah. It's crazy. That, yeah, man, it's so, yeah, man, it's amazing. Um, yeah, Bangkok's awesome for, for, for a hub for flying out of, right? Cheap flights. Uh, it's very international here. Um, you know, to be an expat in Bangkok is pretty easy because they don't mess with that tourism dollar um like hospitals stuff like that food all that stuff it's all like home and it's uh safe and we love it and of course the weather i'm, yeah. uh, I'm a bit of a bit of a weather wuss now so i'm not <laughs> i don't think we're creating winters no right it's, it's just as well you can't see out my kitchen window behind me because it's just it's uh dark and gray it's like i never left scotland ever man it's just yeah. the weather, weather just follows me everywhere you know right speaking Maybe of that <laughs> yeah, could be, you could be honest something there, Brian. <laughs> I actually I caught I caught up with a couple of videos you had online from last year when you were in in Mongolia. Yeah, and um, the guy who was interview viewing you 
you were in one of the traditional tents or the traditional yeah. homes. Is yeah, they're called gurs. Gurs, yeah. Yeah, some people call them yurts. Yurts, yeah, because my wife has actually been to Mongolia and she uh, said it's quite a quite a, quite the place. Huh? It's uh, amazing, man. It's fascinating. Um, yeah, that was a talk show I did. This guy had a talk show called Gur Talk. It was just a talk show inside a gur. It was pretty amazing. Uh, we, my wife, my wife is with me, so we hung out with a family and just did all the traditional stuff, and they were amazing uh, hosts. Um, what happened was I went there through a guy I knew. He told me about it. Uh, this Mongolian guy, uh, Bataleg, he's a big comedy fan. He went to L.A., saw the comedy store in L.A. That's basically, the, you know, the most famous comedy club in the world. Yeah. He goes back to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, and gets a comedy club built just like the comedy store in L.A. <laughs> so I didn't know how nice it was. I saw some pictures, but I didn't know. So when I went just to do a show there, like last year, Fucking beautiful, man. I was like, this is a world-class comedy club in the middle of Mongolia. And uh, those guys were so nice to me. I had such a great time that I decided to film my special there this past November. So uh, that got done, and I just finished it, uh, Just finished editing it this week. So I'm pretty excited about that. How long is your set for, Brian? Is it like a, an hour, an hour yeah, and change? Yeah, a little, little less than an hour. Um, it's called Big in Asia. I'm talking to some people now, you know, selling it. Uh, it'll be out. It'll be released within the next two months. And, um, yeah, I'm really happy with it, man. It's been just years in the making. Um, some jokes I've been doing for three or four years. Some new, um, So it's really good to kind of capture it, you know, and just um, just have it done. It's Excellent. a long time. How, how are your audiences you know, from when you started to now, I mean, are they a mixed group of expats? I was in the comedy club in Bangkok three or four years ago for one of these Magnus uh, yeah. international yeah. things. And there was a, the guy who headlined the show was this American comedian and we were sitting having a drink with him after the show because the guy I was with knew the guy that ran the pub and it was something to do with brew dog and blah, 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 yeah. all of that stuff. But yeah, he, he just came in for the weekend. They just flew him in and, that was him. Yeah. He was, was going again in the Monday morning kind of thing. But yeah. the you'll know what it is. It's up the comedy. Yeah, club yeah I know what it is. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the English, the English bar. I forget the name of it now, but yeah, yeah, I know what it is. There's old guys called club. yeah. There's old guys called Clive and Nigel sitting downstairs and talking about the stock <laughs> exchange and all that. Yeah, shit. The, the Royal Oak. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. So when you go up there into the the little den they have upstairs, uh, yeah, I was up there for the. For the finals, I think it was that night, actually. Yeah. But yeah, for you. For yeah, the audiences are um, the audiences are mixed. I mean, it depends on where you go. In Bangkok, they tend to be pretty international. You know, in Mongolia, it was mostly Mongolians. In Malaysia, it'd be mostly Malaysians. Um, but there's definitely a mix. Um, there's definitely a mix everywhere you go now, because the language barrier is not what it was, you know, 15 years ago, and uh, it's kind of kind of blowing up. Comedy's getting big in Asia right now, so. Um, you know, they're coming out in droves, man. Did you find anything that really, I mean, you've probably seen and heard a lot of things that have really surprised you audience-wise or venue-wise, but has there been anything that's really stuck out? So, for example, I noted some of the countries that you've played in Asia, you know, India, for example, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how does that work? India, Nepal, Nepal was nuts. India was just a guy who'd seen me in Hong Kong and he was starting a festival, Hyderabad, in Hyderabad, India. 
And so I went and did that. Uh, that was awesome. Again, the hospitality was amazing. Uh, Nepal was pretty special. Uh, my wife and I had planned to go to Nepal and then found out someone said they have comedy in Nepal. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, really? <laughs> and sure enough, man, on Facebook. So I checked it out and they have like a proper little room. I get a hold of the guys. They had me over there. Um, great pack, pack bar. Uh, great little show. And plus Nepal was just off the charts beautiful. So um, that was a surprise. I, I mean, I didn't think there was a comedy <laughs> in Kathmandu in Nepal. No, it's kind of like you're yeah, at the top of the world and all those cliches, but literally you, you've been to kind of the, not far from the top yeah, of the world. And there's a, there's a guy eight, up there. Yeah, eight of, I think eight of the top 10, eight of the tallest, eight of the 10 tallest mountains in the world are in Nepal. So it's pretty spectacular everywhere you look. Yeah, it's something else. Yeah, I, I noticed that one of the countries also on your list was Myanmar. Yeah, I've been to um, Myanmar twice now, a Yangon. Again, someone saw me, I think once I went for the festival, the Magnus International Comedy Festival, which is like the biggest festival in Asia. They had me over and they have a, uh, a show there at the hotel and they had me back. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was amazing too. Um, yeah, I mean, who, who would have thought, I mean, that these places even existed? I mean, if I wasn't a comedian, I wouldn't even know what Yangon Myanmar is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not even called that anymore, right? They, they've changed all the oh. names, I think, yeah? So. Yeah, yeah, there, there's a lot going on in that country. Oh, of course, here's my door ringing. Give me a second, man. All right, no worries. <laughs> Live. I think Craig has ordered a pizza. It's just me right now staring at Craig's kitchen. I was talking to the camera. I think. Sorry about that, man. No worries, no worries. <laughs> the Amazon guy turns up at the door, you know. Talk oh, about okay. talk about German efficiency. Yeah, right. Oh man, yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> and the dog's barking and all that, you know. Live. There we go. Aye, so uh, Myanmar. Uh, you, what's your plans for this year then? So we've got the special coming out in the next couple of months or so. Yeah, special coming out in the next couple of months. Uh, I'll be starting a podcast in the next couple of months as well. Um, you know, that'll be all over my social up, media. Can you divulge any uh, details about that, the, the podcast? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, not too, but all I'm really doing is just going to be a half, it's going to be a half hour in length, and it's just going to be me uh, going on about whatever I go on about. I might have guests sometimes. It'll just be kind of kind of where's Waldo kind of thing. It'll be me just going off my head wherever I am in the world and, uh, you know, just, you know, opinions, utter foolishness, interviews, just a half hour of me a week. Well, I'm going. I'm going to link uh, in a in in uh, our social media page. I'm going to put a link to there's you and the pothole. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, yeah. what was that video called. It's not pothole, man, but it's something. Pothole guy. It's not far off. <laughs> yeah. One of the dumbest things I've ever done, and it was actually uh, it got me a lot of publicity. Actually, it was in my hometown, and uh, my brother said, did you see the sinkhole out by the mall? So I was in a main street in our hometown right next to the main shopping mall. So we go out there and it's this massive fucking crater in the, in the ground. And so I thought it'd be funny. I just jump in it. And my brother would record me. So I just jumped in it like an idiot and just bounced around, said pothole <laughs> a bunch of times. And uh, just was stupid. But then I knew somebody who worked with CBC, which is a Canadian broadcasting company. Um, and I just sent it into them for a laugh. And then the next day I wake up and it's all over the news and viral video and 
to this day, people still call me pothole guy. So <laughs> you never know where it's going to come from. The dumbest thing I've ever done gave me the most publicity. Ain't that the truth, you know? So ridiculous. Man. Excellent. So we get the podcast coming out. Uh, you'll do it on... Yeah, podcast coming out. I'm also putting out a web series called Buddy in Bangkok. It's just going to be me going around, um, basically exploring Bangkok, but make with a bit of, you know, a bit of humor. Um, so it'll be like 90 second to three minute clips of uh, just Bangkok, of me uh, exploring Bangkok and um, throwing a bit of funny in. I mean, Bangkok's an amazing city to visit. At the at the yeah, best times for, for people who've never been or have uh, been a few times, as most people who have have lived in Asia for certain years, it's, uh, it's an interesting city. Let's put it that way. It's a very interesting city. I mean, you know, people, the ignorant people just, you know, think about the sex tourism and all the bullshit. But there's an awful lot going on in this city. And um, people are always asking me, like, what's Bangkok like? What's Bangkok like? So I'm going to show them. That's what this web series is going to be. Like, this is Bangkok. And it's kind of a way for me to get out. And uh, my wife will be a part of it, too, and a buddy of mine. Just an excuse to get out and really explore the city. I mean, I've already been doing some research now for a few of the videos. And uh, just you learn so much. I just like learning about the city that I'm living in. And, and, and a certain way, you're giving something back, right? You, we're going to get yeah, to man. see some of the more, uh, exactly. the places that people maybe never go, but in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, we take it for granted sometimes, right? As expats who've been overseas for a while that like, you know, our normal is not normal for where we come from no so um something we think is just you know whatever is 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 a hilarious thing to watch or see so i'm going to show people bangkok so the web series will be buddy in bangkok uh, i'll be putting out one of those a week podcasts won't let you know the name yet but it'll be a half hour of me a week and um i do my canadian tour best kind comedy tour i do that every year right now in canada that's a 10-week tour starts in august and um you're going coast to coast again i know you've done this uh, yeah man, uh, the last coast. two years this will be your third yeah. uh, your third yeah, year the third year me and a couple of um buddies from back home colin hollett and mike lynch yeah man we really do it we go from labrador all the way to um victoria british columbia we drove over fifteen thousand kilometers in nine weeks last year um, uh, the three so the three you in a car yeah yeah, four actually, because we got a tour manager. <laughs> okay. It's a, but we're lucky we got a sponsor. Um, Ford sponsors us, so that was amazing. We got a rig, and um, we actually make it work, man. It's been going amazing. Uh, turnouts have been awesome. I mean, we did 34 cities last year, I think. We're doing even a few more this year, plus bigger venues. So it just keeps getting bigger every year. So, um, you know, couldn't be happier, man. Could not be happier. Awesome. Excellent. That sounds great. So that'll take you from August all the way through. The end November. of September, yeah, I was going to say October. Yeah, even November, yeah. And then uh, back right. here and then chill out a bit, you know, with the wife. And um, me and Holly will go somewhere for Christmas. And then the countdown's on then to the world tour. She'll finish up June of next year. And then we'll take off and we're going to hit up. Uh, we'll end up doing about, we'll do six continents and 20, maybe 24, 26 countries. Fantastic. Because I know, I know you've, uh, you were in a comedy festival in Australia, if I remember rightly. I don't remember yeah. what city, but... Yeah, two years ago, it was Perth. It's called Fringe World, one of the biggest fringe festivals in the world. That was an amazing festival, man. Yeah, that was awesome. That was, what, February, two years ago? Yeah, so that's one of the reasons I want to do the world tour. I want to get back to Australia. I'll do Perth on that tour, and I'll do Adelaide for sure. Excellent. Have you dipped your toe into the kind of European waters yet? Have you had much uh, chance no, to tread uh, the boards? Just, no, I went to Ireland uh, last two, two years ago now. Yeah, two years ago, I guess. And um, that was awesome. It was a great experience. Um, 
did shows in uh, uh, was it Belfast, Dublin, Galway. Yeah, so going back again this year as part of the Best Kind Comedy Tour, me and my buddies. I went solo two years ago, but through those connections, they're having us back. Because where I'm from in Newfoundland, we have a real big connection to Ireland. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're trying to kind of open up kind of a comedy, I don't know what you would call it, like a exchange kind of thing where yeah, we bring Irish people to Newfoundland and, we, and they bring us to Ireland. So a we're going back agreement. To yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're going back in September, and um, that's exciting. And then on the world tour, we'll do well, I'm just doing it myself, but my wife and I, I mean, we'll do I'll do probably 15 or 17 countries in Europe. So next year will be my first time really stepping foot in Europe. That sounds fantastic. And for yeah, you know, really for, as I said, for anyone listening at home, how did how do you get started? What was it's not really just about motivation, you know, because obviously this is something you wanted to do, but. In the, in the bigger context as an expat, so this podcast is primarily for me as an expat and other people in the same position, uh, you know, similar position, but sure. we do music or comedy or we write or wh whatever it is. Yeah. That's, that's my niche, as it were, right? Yeah. But f as an expat for yourself, you know, in the beginning, what was that transition like from going, uh, being semi-professional, you know, just doing it as a, a gigging hobby? To, yeah. to make to making that uh, leap into the unknown it was scary man it was definitely scary but i mean full-time effort full-time results right that's the way i look at it i mean mm. like i said earlier i was 31 when i started so i felt kind of old so when i went back to canada in 2010 i went for it i did a lot of mc work i did whatever i could i said yes to everything whatever put you know money uh, in my pocket and food on the table and uh, every year just kept getting better you know, I um, I work pretty hard. I mean, I've done 15 years, uh, what, 25 countries at now, over 3,000 shows. So I, I go pretty hard. And so you do that and you just get better. And like I said, half the battle is not quitting. Then you meet other people. And then, well, you know how it is even with music. Like, it's a small world, really, especially in the comedian world. There's only really hundreds of us, really, worldwide who are really doing it. And then... You meet these people and you go, oh, I know this guy in Germany who knows a guy in Estonia, who knows a girl in Romania. And then all of a sudden you're going to those countries. It's just, and then they know people and it just, you keep going and going. And besides comedy, man, like my favorite thing for sure is traveling. I love traveling. I love going to new places. I love geography. I love history. Um, yeah, that's my, um, that's my muse, man. And definitely from those two things there, like you've just said, you know, geography and history, then from there you get the people as well. And, if you're uh, open-minded in this kind of thing, you know, like go, going to Romania, for example, or Estonia, you yeah. know, you, you, yeah. growing up places that you've probably never thought would, uh, would be on your Crazy. list. Eh? Yeah. Well, that's one of the joys and one of the most amazing things about this. I can't even believe I've been to these countries like Laos and Nepal and Mongolia. It's madness. I love it. And um, yeah, man, I mean, if I, you know, if I wasn't open-minded before, you know, I have no choice <laughs> once you travel so much. Um, yeah, I could be sitting home in the same bars telling the same four stories, but fuck that. Oh, you just got to rearrange them, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all been there with the set list, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Earlier, just before we kind of, uh, before we started recording, you were thinking of going back to South Korea, is that right? Yeah, well, I mentioned to you that, uh, yeah, it's funny how things work. Uh, I was going to do this podcast with you, and then today... Uh, Chris Tharp, our fellow expat from Korea, you know, a very talented uh, writer, musician, comedian himself. Yeah, they're looking to bring over uh, some comedians. I haven't been there in a while. So uh, we had a talk about me maybe coming over there in May. So uh, 
I'd love to go back. I mean, I love Korea. I was there for six years. I have a connection. My wife actually stayed there for a year as well. So she'll probably come with me and we'll just go back and just an excuse to see Seoul and Pusan for a weekend. And I love Pusan in the spring. Late spring, Pusan's a good place to be. Yeah, you don't want to go there in August, right? With 500,000 no, people. No, but it's nice in the spring. It's nice. You know, the weather's great. There's the beaches start to liven up. And, uh, and I love those guys. I got a nice uh, group of friends in Pusan. Be great to see them. Is the comedy scene there still, you know, since you set up the stand-up soul? Yeah. And I, I know it ran for several years and then you moved on to other things, but did anyone ever kind of take the run with it after you left? Yeah, yeah. A couple of people took the reins. I mean, after I left, I mean, there were people like Jeff Sinclair and Albert Escobedo, uh, Aaron Weber. Yeah, I know. I know Albert. Uh, Rudy, Rudy Taberski, those guys. And they were funny as well. So that helped. They did a good job. But then they all left. So slowly, like the main organizers and like the truly funny people left. Now, there is some people still there, which is great. They're keeping it going, which is all you can really do. Um, again, actually, it's funny. I just got approached by somebody. I forget his name. They, they, they're, they're doing the first Seoul International Comedy Festival um, in April, I think. And uh, so there's still people there uh, giving it a go. I mean, I can't make it uh, this April, but uh, I was really happy to hear that they're doing that. So there's people there still keeping it going. It's not what it used to be. I mean, just because we used to have, I think there was more funny people who lived there. The organizers were pretty hungry. They, they made things happen. I mean, you had, some, left, sorry, you had some big headliners at those stand-up soul shows. Yeah. Man, so we got, again, it was through connections, people yeah. I met. I mean, yeah, man, we brought over like Ted Alexandro, Kyle Kinane, um, Tom Cotter. I mean, some big names, you know. Yeah, sold out. And, uh, sold out. Uh, I mean, when I left in 2010, I went back to Korea twice. And I did like two tours. One tour, I went to eight different cities. The next time I went to 11. I mean, I toured all over Korea. From Gwangju to Daegu to Pohang to all over the place, man. And uh, everywhere I went, I mean, there were packed rooms. I mean... You know how it is, the expat community, you know, they, uh, they're pretty tight in these small places. Yeah, definitely. When, you, um, so, uh, when yeah. You're, up, you're up there on stage and you go into these, we're just an example, like these kind of smaller Korean cities like Daegu or whatever, or you're in a suburb of Bundang, or it could be any country like this. And you go yeah. up, and we should say you're quite a tall chap, right? Yeah, 6'3". <laughs> so so you, you kind of fill, this, fill the stage, in a, I mean this in a positive way. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And they, they just kind of look at you and they think, "All right, what's this guy bringing? What's his?" Yeah, shit? man. That, that that especially in the beginning when I wasn't very funny, because um, you know I I look like a like an asshole, <laughs> and uh, yeah, people might think that right. So they look at me thinking, "Oh, here's this here, who's this loudmouth dickhead?" That's you know, it, because you know people look at a band and they say, "Okay, what's the what's the singer wearing? Oh, he's wearing like leather trousers and all that." All right, cool, right? So he must be cocky and all this kind of stuff exactly. Right? Exactly. you see a guy or, or you know a female comedian too standing you know taken to the sure. stage and they think all these things are going through their head all right are they going to make me laugh or look at what, what's yeah and that's, and that's part of it right part of it is is how you look but you know once you get funny at the end of the day laughing is involuntary right so when they start laughing they don't give a shit what you look like but that took a while you know i mean i remember many times and so i mean i'm sure you probably saw me i remember going to woodstock and going to to Tony's, like, you know, Ozzy Grub and Grog, and going to, like, these sports bars, like, one down in Bundang, like, Traveler's Bar, and just, just stinking the joint up. I mean, <laughs> just, just absolute shit. But I don't know what it is about, about it, man. Like, 
I talk about that sometimes with other comics. Like it's amazing in the beginning how bad you are, but yet we don't quit because you want to, because it's so, it scorches your soul, man. Like when you truly eat shit on stage, it's not a good feeling, but somehow we're like, all right, see you next week. <laughs> you know? Yes. So in the same place. Mental. Right. Yeah. That sounds like uh yeah, some good advice there for anyone who's kind of looking to, uh, <laughs> for a tortured soul for the next few, pardon the pun, but for a tortured yeah. soul for the next few. Half the battle is not quitting. And that's the facts. Half the battle is not quitting. Uh, I mean, it took me a while to get good. I see some comics now, year two, year three, much better than I was. It took me like four or five years to really just get a grip of what I was doing. Almost year nine to where I really, once I got to year nine or 10, I was like, okay, I'm pretty good at this. You know what you're doing. The beautiful right? thing is you know you get better, which I love. But by year nine or ten, I was like, okay, I'm not. I can call myself a comedian now in you know in front of real comedians and like and mean it. <laughs> but I, it really took nine years for me, nine or ten years, where I was comfortable saying that. It's it's all about uh, earning your stripes. Then you know, doing it the as you said, you took yeah, to man. the stage. What was it you used to call yourself in South Korea? Was it like a mic whore? Yeah, mic <laughs> friendly <laughs> neighborhood mic microphone whore. <laughs> I mean, it's true, right? You know, so. And well, that's it. Well, I think once people, I tell people that too, right? Just don't be an asshole. Like, just be a good person and work hard. And like, you know, if you're if you're nice and you work hard, you should be all right. How you know, how, succeeds. how is the network amongst other comedians? And there's this joke about guitar players that so drummers will share things with each other, right? They're, they're kind of yeah. like the, the the goalies or the goalkeeper kind of thing in the band. Yeah. Like we're all a bit mad, and, but we're kind yeah. of cool with other drummers. We'll share uh sticks or whatever it is you know but guitar players yeah. never share jack shit with anybody right it's all about yeah. me you know and my riff and yeah. my, well, my solo i think uh most uh most comedians are failed guitar players <laughs> okay. um, uh, no i think it's very similar with comics i mean you find your tribe and once you find your tribe you'll help each other out but uh yeah comics it's a very um lone wolf kind of sport real lonely endeavor yeah it's, it's just so competitive people think that but it's a it's the wrong way to think a lot of young comics especially because they're so insecure they think like that yours your success dictates my success it doesn't it doesn't at all and actually helping each other only you know, is only better for each for each other you know what i mean like there's there's no industry really anymore either right there's no more gatekeepers so it's just about helping each other like there's no one coming to save you it's just so um I never believed in that stuff. I mean, comics can be really catty. That's one of the things actually I don't miss about living in Asia or that I don't miss about Canada living in Asia. Is yeah. like, I'm not really around these scenes anymore with these prima donnas, you know? I'm, I'm around a lot of younger scenes, which of course the comedy's not as good. Like I miss watching Killers, but I'm just not around the ego. Like I don't miss the ego and the drama and the bullshit. I mean, you'll always get it a little bit because that's just the nature of who we are. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, just uh, find your people. And do your thing. There we go. Some sage-like advice, Brian. Brian, how about we uh, we wrap up with the top five? All right. Top I like five. To, I like to do this at the end of the podcast. And uh, the last. You got no drum roll. You don't get a drum roll. You <laughs> have a drum roll. Yeah, I got. I get the dog working on it, man. He's. Uh... <laughs> we'll edit that in. No, I've got uh, five questions, but I guess these are applicable to kind of the comedy scene as well. So the first one would be. Tell us an artist that we should be listening to. Who am I listening to lately? Um, Manu Chow. Do you know who Manu Chow is? Uh, I don't know. 
very i think he's french uh but he's like kind of alternative kind of soul techno like it's it's he's very famous i mean he's huge in the spanish community the latin community uh i only came on to him actually a scottish buddy of mine ross you remember ross gardner yeah 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 ross told me about him years ago so i listen to him a lot now it's just real kind of chill music i uh, like that and also i should give a shout out to my buddy damien alexander dame alexander's his name it's amazing to see him. Me and him went to college together, and he started up doing music back then, and he was terrible. And uh, but I've seen him as I was when I first started comedy, right? <laughs> but I've seen him now grow over the past literally 20 years, was 2000, and he's turned himself into a real quality musician. I mean, great R&B, neo soul, kind of like Prince, Lenny Kravitz type. Like he's very, very talented, and uh, you know, does guitar, does DJ, and it's amazing to see him build himself into that. So Dame Alexander. All right, cool. we'll have a look at that and uh, we'll add some of the links to uh, to some of his stuff, yeah? And his was an expat kind of thing, so if you want to give an expat some love, he was an expat in Canada, he was from America. And uh, yeah, so that'd be, uh, that'd be so my you, guy. Dave you, you, you converted him then, yeah? Yeah, I did actually. Uh, <laughs> of, we came to Canada, he came to Canada to play basketball in college. Uh, we played basketball in college together. Fantastic. What about a guilty pleasure, uh, Brian? Uh, a band or artist that you shouldn't like, but you do? Bon Jovi, man. <laughs> bon Jovi. It's, not, it's not bad, actually. Yeah, they did get a well, of it's not bad, but not a lot of people. Uh, listen, I'm not the only one. They sold 110 million records. It was something no. else. Like, yeah, that's a, it's a fact. Uh, I, know, you know, yeah, you I, grew, I grew up on that, right? I grew up on that. That was before the internet. So back in the day, right, you had your radio and you had your two stations. You had your top 40 countdown, and that was it. And uh, when uh, 1987, Slipper When Wet album came out, uh, I'm a 12-year-old boy, you know, with all kinds of feelings. So, I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, gradu I graduated to it till Guns N' Roses came along in 89. Oh, it's, it's not a bad way in, I suppose, man. No, Bon Jovi's all right. Yeah. I think they got a new album coming out soon, I heard. Or they got a new song out anyway. But yeah, he's done all right for himself, I think, John Bon Jovi. Right? Oh my God, they're crushing it. They haven't had a good song since it's my life. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll check the new stuff out, but it's been pretty shit lately. Yeah. I think the old stuff's always in the can, right? You can always go back yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, question three then. How about the best venue you've played at? Of course, it could be home or abroad, whatever home is. Um, well, I mean, playing in, when I, when I filmed my special Big in Asia, Mongolia, that was pretty amazing to in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, and they have this world-class comedy club. That was pretty mind-blowing. But the fact that I've been able to play, like, you know, theaters and, like, even arenas now. I've played a few arenas where it's insane to me that I've played an arena. I mean, I played an arena in my hometown uh, during a hometown festival. And it was the one and only time my father saw me. He's passed on now. He was dying of cancer at the time. It's actually a funny story. Bad lead-in. But uh, he was dying of cancer at the time, so he wasn't his breathing wasn't great. So I was the headliner that night. So he, they said, call me. My mother said, call me when you're about to go on stage. I'll bring dad up because he only lives down the road, you know? So sure enough, I call him and um, they're wheeling him in. He's in a wheelchair and mom's kind of wheeling him past the front of the stage. And as I'm coming on, they're introducing me and I look down there, I see my dad being wheeled. <laughs> so I say as a joke, just like, hey, everybody, give it up for my dad. Like, but my dad's not like me. He doesn't like attention. So they, sh they shone the big, arena spotlight on him. Oh, God. <laughs> he just waving in the wheelchair all uncomfortable. <laughs> that was hilarious to me. But uh, I think the theaters I play, you know, like 
I've been lucky enough now to play these big venues and theaters across Canada now that I used to look, um, just dream about. I mean, when I was younger, we just think like, wow, imagine playing there. And now I'm playing some of these places, you know, five, six, seven hundred thousand seaters. And um, so there's no one particular venue. Uh, just the fact that I'm playing venues like this now is mind blowing. And maybe in some respects, it's about the crowd as well as the venue. It's about what reaction you get or what reception you get or yeah, definitely. Just, the, yeah, just the vibe of the room. Yeah, there's certain towns, man, that you just, you go to and you get surprised, you know, you go to a town for the first time and all of a sudden like 300 people show up and you're like, what? It's amazing. <laughs> like, and that to me is, not, is more fun than playing the cities because first of all, those people really appreciate it. And it's just, the vibe is just, there's something special there. But they're there for a good time as well, right? They're there, they're there for a great time. Yeah. He's on the bill and yeah, go on. Let's, let's have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, but like last year, my hometown is probably the best kind of comedy tour. Like we played a 1,400-seat Civic Center. I mean, that's that's down where they play sport venues and stuff. I mean, it was uh, that was pretty amazing, the fact that, you know, we're out, you know, on the billboard outside for like a month, and it's just, you know, that's for rock bands, right? So uh, I'm still a pretty big geek for that shit. I love that. Yeah, man, you can't really argue with that. That's some good stuff. Yeah. How about um, the next question would be, who would you most like to collaborate with and why? Well, the thing about comedy, it's not, uh, it's a very lone wolf sport. You know, we don't really collaborate. I mean, um, you're the golf of the entertainment world. Yeah, I am looking for like, well, I am looking to do a one person show. Um, and it's going to be real personal and it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be, uh, yeah, pretty intense and it's a little theatrical. So that's not my comfort zone. So I'm going to look to, uh, collaborate with like a theater legend. I don't really have anybody involved, but I'm looking to kind of find a big name to really guide me through that. So that'd be my, uh, the collaboration that I'm most excited about for sure. Uh, keep us posted. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. That'll be coming out in the next two years, but I'm working on it now. Now I need the, yeah, I need my theater, my theater geek. I guess there's a kind of sub question to this and who, when you were, you know, as a younger guy, before you started a, a geek, doing comedy who, who did you look up to or who did you aspire to be or who did you who made you laugh comedy wise uh, comedians yeah i mean in my hometown we have a sketch group called codco uh, a lot of people don't know who they are but they're like it's like sctv saturday night live type i mean they're, they're that they're in that league they're super talented they yeah. everybody where i grew up knew them we would always try to mimic their skits and stuff uh also um well, Eddie Murphy, of course, uh, back then it was Eddie Murphy, Dennis Leary. I mean, I lived on an island in Newfoundland and we didn't have, that was the only comedy that kind of got to us. It was like Richard Pryor, Dennis Leary, Billy Collins, Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks. Um, yeah, those guys. Um, I definitely had a Hicks phase and a Carolyn phase. I think um, we all did, yeah. <laughs> and I, still, I still look to Richard Pryor when, uh, whenever I'm struggling with a bit or struggling with being honest on stage or revealing when I'm getting nervous, I'll, I'll go to Richard Pryor and just get my mind blown just cause he's the truth, right? Like it's just no truth has ever been spoken like that. He just, he's still ahead of the time, man. It don't even yeah. make sense. He's an incredible, incredible performer. Oh my God. Insane. Like yeah. just so those, those guys, I mean, it's always the same kind of guys, but yeah, Carolyn Hicks, Pryor, um, Billy Connolly. Yeah. Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Is there anyone with, that uh, you'd recommend someone new 
that you would recommend for the, the listeners to check out? Someone new? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Brian Regan is absolutely hilarious. Uh, American comic, like I mean, he'll he'll just make you piss yourself. Um, do you know who Stuart Lee is? North North uh, North England comic, North yeah. England. Stuart, Stuart, Stuart Lee, Lee uh, Dylan Moran. Um, yeah, he's quite he's quite well known. He's done a lot of yeah, TV sitcoms and stuff. As yeah, well. he, he's well known in Europe, but he's not really well known outside of Europe. Like nobody in Canada or the states really knows him that well. But I mean, he's he's hilarious. I love Stuart Lee. Yeah, but if you want just for, for laughter, man, like Brian Regan is absolutely hilarious. We shall check him out. That sounds like yeah. a plan. And the last one for us, Brian, today. What's your go-to karaoke tune? <laughs> a, man, a, man, a man must have a full repertoire, I think. Well, I mean, you got to go Groove is in the Heart, little delight. <laughs> Already started. That gets some dancing, Craig. That gets some dancing. Oh, man, you know, you know Mike Dowding, the bass player, right? Yeah, yeah. See, he would always just start that bass line if we were sitting jamming somewhere, you know. Yeah. He would pull that one out, you know. Yeah, he loved that tune. That, that, that's a happy song. <laughs> yes. Of course, you have your all, uh, all your basic white boy songs, Piano Man, Billy Joel, and One, You Two, all the garbage ones that we can all do. <laughs> Zombie, Cranberries. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's yours? What's your go-to? For me, man, I'm a bit, I'm a bit more of a traditionalist, you know. I like a nice Beatles number, maybe like Dear Prudence or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something a bit hey, dark. Dude. Yeah, hey, oh, dude, that, that's too, it's too happy, you know. I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> I like something like kind of dark and somber to really spoil the mood, you know. Of course you do. You <laughs> it gives us that chance to, you know, get your own back. Especially, you know, in South Korea, they always you go into the Nori Bang stroke karaoke room. And there'd always be a tambourine there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and of course, the person who picks a tambourine up is the one who claps on the one in the three, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, so, yeah, that's my payback for those guys. Yeah, yeah. That's the go-to. Brian, just before we finish up then, where can we find you? What's your, uh, your social uh, media? Well, on my um, Facebook comedy page, my website, and Instagram, it's all Brian Elward Comedy. So, at Brian Elward Comedy. I haven't been on Instagram in a while, but I'm getting back up on that. But all these things I'm talking about, like, uh, you know, my uh, special Big in Asia, my website, or my web series, Buddy in Bangkok, uh, my podcast, that'll all be coming out on those platforms. So Brian Elward Comedy. We can expect. Good, man. We can expect some mass saturation then, eh? Yeah, man. I mean, this is, I've been really kind of building up for this, you know, and I'm finally ready to kind of follow through and release these things. And, um, yeah, man. So here I go. I'm going to give it a go and, and see where I end up. So Brian Elward Comedy. And my last name, no one knows how to spell it, is A-Y-L-W-A-R-D. Brian Elward Comedy. I wasn't going to go there, right? But having a surname like Branch, you know, I have a surname. Oh, this is, my, this is my wife, Holly. My wife was just in the background pointing at me going, tell him to spell it. Tell him to spell it. Because <laughs> nobody knows how to spell my last name. But yeah, man, all I know my name. My name and comedy. Brian Elward Comedy. When I put this all together, when I add it, uh, excuse me, when I edit a top and a tail of it, I'll get all that in. Yeah, no worries, brother. Brian, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. You watching the boxing tonight? Absolutely, man. Can't wait. It's gonna be exciting. Anything it'll, can happen. It'll be on. Yeah, I'll be on at what four in the morning for you or seven, seven o'clock. Breakfast time. Okay, even better. Yeah, than we're, all, we're all meeting at a we're all meeting at a British pub, having a nice breakfast and cheering on the Gypsy King, baby. Yeah, it should be a good fight. I mean, the last one, the last fight was, uh, yeah, that was a when 
when Fury got hit, maybe it was the tenth round or whatever, he got hit, and then you think, okay, that's it, over, and then. Twelfth round. It was the last round. It was crazy. Was it the last round, right? And, he, and then yeah. you get up again, and you're just thinking, man, that's uh, that's a chin, yeah. Dude, he didn't just get up. He got up and came back and dominated. Like he won the last fight, but when you get knocked down a couple of times, that's that's that doesn't look good for the judges. No, it's going to be an exciting fight, man. Uh, Fury looks amazing. Um, best shape he's ever been in. They had weigh-ins today. They both look good. Deontay's uh, big and bulky, and I think it's the classic boxer versus the puncher. I mean, Fury boxed yeah. him all over the ring last time. Yeah, exactly. Now he's in better shape. Um, he's a clever I mean, boxer as well, Fury. Yeah, man. He, he can, I mean, he comes back. He's from, his old man was a bare knuckle guy from Ireland. You know, I mean, you know, he, it's in his blood. I think they're uh, from a traveling family background. Yeah, they're from Irish traveling yeah, Proper gypsies. Like, yeah, they're proper, like, yeah, bandwagons and all that shit. Caravans. Yeah, he's done well for himself. So, and I think he's turned, he had all that stuff going on in the past, like many of us do. You have your ups and downs, but he's really managed to turn himself around. And Well, that's what's crazy. I mean, before the last fight, he won, and then he won before that fight, but he gained 130 pounds. You see, I mean, he just looked he like just, a mess. He right? was just boozing and coked out of his mind, gone crazy, lost all of it, came back, and won. But... He was obviously must have been a little weak. So now think about it. He's been strong now, solid for a year. So he's going to be tough to beat, man. But, you know, Wilder's one of the heaviest punchers ever. So it's going to be exciting, man. Yeah. It's the first time in a long time the heavyweight division uh, got a bit of buzz again. So it's nice. Exactly, right? And there's not been much histrionics the past week or so, like the the, the weigh-in yeah. and all that. There's a wee bit showbiz, but it's not been the usual twat fest, you know, guys. Yeah, man, I'm sick of watching these skinny fucks fight. Let's get the big boys going. <laughs> right on. On that note, Brian, I'm going to leave you to it, man. All right, brother. Great to hear from you. Right on. Cheers, Brian. All right, man. Take care. Well, we made it to the end of another episode of Can't Find My Way Home. Can't believe it, that's four we've done already. Was it five? I've lost count. Big thanks to Brian Aylwood for joining me. We had a great chat. Uh, Brian is maybe one of the hardest working guys that I, I think I've ever met. You know, the, the the sheer work ethic that he's got and the, the love for his craft is, is, is really something to be admired. Please check out his work. You can find him at Brian Aylwood Comedy. And of course, I'll link all this in our uh, social media as well. Speaking of which, where can you find uh, Can't Find My Way Home? So, Facebook, you can find us at Expat Music Pod, that's all one word. Also under Can't Find My Way Home. You can also catch us on Instagram at can't.findmywayhome. Those dots make every bit of difference, don't they? Finally, Anchor FM. There, there's also links to our YouTube page, to Spotify, Hopefully we'll be on Apple Podcasts as well. We're just waiting on that being clarified. Anchor.fm at Can't Find My Way Home. All one word. Thanks for listening. This is a, a work in progress, so please excuse us all these little ups and downs. We're having these technical mishaps, and it's all part of the learning process. If you want to leave a comment, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please get in contact with me, uh, leave a comment, whatever it is. I'm glad to hear from you. Until the next episode, this is Craig saying, take it easy. Cheers.